mind and ever imagine the exchange that God made at the cross of Calvary and how that He had no sin. He, He lived this life that you and I live and he suffered the affliction that we suffer and, and, and the pain and the agony. He knew what it felt to have your heart break. He knew what it felt to wake up in the morning and have your back ache. He, he knew different things along the way. He knew what the feeling in heaven never felt this before, but he knew what it felt to be hungry. He knew the affliction that you and I go through. He knew what a headache felt like. The Bible tells us that he was afflicted with what we are afflicted with. Yet he did it all without sin. And and see, the thing about it is, is the wages of sin is death. But when you don't sin, death can't touch you. But when he gave himself up on an old rugged cross, he, he looked at death and said, you can't touch this. You can't handle me. But I'm going to give up my life. Death didn't have no power over him. But he commended his spirit out of him. And he commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He made an exchange. Do you know what that is? Does that get you excited at all? Hey, I know what it's like to be a sinner. I know what it's like to drink alcohol. I know what it's like to smoke dope. I know what it's like to live my life in absolute diabolical uh, 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 disallowance with God. I know what it's like to walk away from Him. I know what it's like to live my life that is so contrary to the Word of God, but then have Jesus come to where I was when I couldn't get to Him. Hey, that fires me up on a Sunday morning that He gave His life for somebody like me. (laughs) Some of you staring at me like a calf stares at a new gate. You're saying, what in God's name is wrong with that boy? Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm just excited that I'm saved. Saved. Hey, I've been told to go to hell, but I can't go to hell. I'm saved this morning. Amen. (laughs) Y'all looking at me like I'm weird. That's all right. I'm looking at a few of you like you're weird too. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of this service, our hearts will be knit together. I, I appreciate you, preacher, for having me. Uh, he looked at his friend over there and said, we ain't having him back no more. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm just one beggar trying to tell other beggars where I found bread. And I found it in Jesus Christ. There's nobody that has treated me like Jesus has. I've had friends that have walked out. I've even had family that have walked out. And listen, I even have family members who can say the same about me. I have failed from time to time. But I've never known a day that Jesus has failed. And even when you don't have a friend in this world, you got a friend in Jesus. And I'm just here, I, I don't preach politics, though I believe we could this morning. I don't preach all that. And I, I don't stand and try to proclaim my own agenda because I don't have an agenda. only thing I'm, I come to tell you is Jesus is still alive. He still sits on the throne. He's still in control of it all. And I'm still excited about being saved. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles real quickly this morning. And I want you to go over to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, which is a very familiar scripture to most of us in here this morning. And uh, thank you, preacher, for having my family. Thank you for allowing us to be here. And I'm thankful that God set it up. Pray for your pastor. Pray for his healing and his touch. God's touch on him. Uh, that man has a target on his back. Like many of us will never have to understand and know. 
And I want you to pray for your preacher. And I know I'm just a visiting preacher, but I'm here to tell you that I have met, ever since I met this man, I've known, uh, I've known more about him and studied him more than he would probably want to, uh, uh, agree to. But, uh, I've watched him and I've watched how he stands for God when other people are bowing to idols of men. He stands up for God and I'm thankful for his friendship. And I'm thankful for what God's doing right here. I grew up probably two exits from here. What's exit 82? About two exits. Two miles from here is where I was born and raised and lived in Calpin, South Carolina. And uh, we've got some of our family here. Uh, this is my aunt right back here. I claim you as my aunt, even if nobody else would. But uh, you might not claim me. But uh, we've got family all over the building here. And I'm thankful for that. I was brought up in this area. Uh, and uh, I know, probably some of you, you may know me, and uh, I, I, right off the bat, I want to apologize to you. <laughs> I'm not who I used to be, amen? Uh, I went to school with some of y'all's, y'all's children, I think, and uh, I'm just thankful that God brings us right back around and uh, full circle and, uh, and shows us all that He has done, and He has taken us every step of the way. Luke 19, are you there? Say amen. If you don't mind and you can, stand to your feet and just stretch your legs out a little bit this morning. You may have been sitting for a little while, and uh, I, I, I know what time it is, and I know that Baptists like to eat. Amen. That is the Baptist motto, where we meet, we eat. Amen. And so I know everybody's getting to that place where you're hungry, and that's all right. We won't belabor the point. We won't be long this morning. Luke 19, if you're there, say amen. amen. Bible says that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Notice what the Bible says about him right off the bat. It says that he was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. I know his problem this morning. <laughs> it's all right. You laugh in church. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Who is he? That's Jesus was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received Him. Everybody say that next word with me. Joyfully. You can have a seat. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I need You this morning. Desperately do I need You, God. I ask that You would please help us. That You would uh, you would be a, uh, a strong safe haven for many people who are running from this world and running in this world. God, we know that Your name is a strong tower that we can run into when we're discouraged with the way the things are going all around us. And even when we're discouraged with the things that are taking place inside of us, God, I'm glad that greater is He that is in me than he that is in this world. I ask you this morning that you'd help us by your word, that you would challenge your people and you may would change somebody's life. Maybe there's somebody that walked in here this 
this morning lost. They don't know God. They've heard of Him, but they have never really fully surrendered to the calling of God and to repentance of God. I ask you this morning that today would be the day that their life changes forever. I ask these things in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. I humbly pray, empower us to preach right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and Amen. The Bible introduces us to a man, but many of us probably from the time we were in Sunday school know the story of Zacchaeus. How many of you, you heard about Zacchaeus in Sunday school? How many of you remember this song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was say, I remember that. I always played Zacchaeus in Sunday school and I didn't find out why until later on in life. It's because I was always the shortest in the bunch. I'm still the shortest in the bunch. But I, I remember my teacher telling me the story and, and I heard it so much that I didn't really pay attention to it. Even in my scripture, when I would read through it, I just read through Zacchaeus and it didn't make any difference to me. But there was one day I was in my study and God absolutely sat down in my, how many of you ever had God just sit down where you're at and begin to speak and reveal truth to you that you have never seen before? I remember thinking about the life of Zacchaeus and thinking about who he was. And the Bible does not mention him any time before Luke 19. And the Bible doesn't say anything about him after Luke 19. The only glimpse we have into the life of this small little man is in Luke 19, what I just read to you. So for that reason, I, I want to pay very close attention to what God is trying to teach us out of this small scripture, out of this small life, and give us a big truth out of it. And the Bible said that Zacchaeus stopped what he was doing. He got out of his office. He got out in the road. He climbed up in the tree because he was looking for Jesus. I've got to tell you that there's not many people. There's not a whole lot of young people that's sitting on a third row at church this morning. They're sitting at the house. Because there's not a whole lot of people that are looking for Jesus. But can I tell you the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. If you're looking for a boyfriend, you need to find Him in Jesus. If you're looking for a job, you can find Him in Jesus. If you're looking for purpose, you can find it in Jesus. Bible tells us about Zacchaeus and it gives us three things about his life that I want to give you real quickly. It gives us three glimpses into his life. First of all, the Bible points out his status in life. If you're writing notes down, you write out his status in life. And then the Bible goes on and tells us about his search for the Lord. And then the Bible wraps up his story by telling us about his salvation after he met the Lord and his salvation where he lived. I'm glad that Jesus didn't come just to teach me a few parables. 
I'm glad that Jesus didn't come just to tickle my ear and to make me feel good about life. But the very reason that Jesus piled off of... I'm about to have a good time. The very reason that Jesus piled off of the throne in glory and He dove into the womb of a virgin girl and He walked up a lonely hill called Calvary. The very reason He did it was not just to come make me feel good about life, but Jesus came all the way from glory to an old rugged cross to change my life. I'm glad there is a life changing power in the blood of Jesus. You agree with that? Holler at me. Amen. First of all, the Bible points out His status in life. The Bible tells us that He was the chief. That means he was the top dog. He was the man that always called the shots. He, he had worked his, Zacchaeus had worked his way all the way to the pinnacle of his profession. And there he sits on top of everything. You got to be careful when you are the head honcho in your house and when you are the big man on campus and when you're the one who's running your life because you've got to acknowledge that it does not matter how big you get in this world there's still one that's much bigger than you and I he is the chief He's the top dog. He is who everybody looks up to. The Bible not only says He's the chief, which tells us He was a prideful man, but it also tells us He was the chief among the publicans. He was a popular man. The publican was a glorified politician. He was somebody who everybody knew who He was. He would be the one that being on Fox News last night. Zacchaeus was a voted for. He was an elected official. He was a government official and everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. But here's the problem. You can be the most popular person in your school. You can be the most popular person in your in your secular circle. But if you're the only, the biggest and the most popular, you got to know there's somebody that's still greater than you and I. You can be the most popular person at school, young person. But if you don't know Jesus, you still have nothing. You can be a household name. Everybody know who you are. Rub shoulders with those who rub shoulders with the best of them. You can have your picture. You can be on Fox News with Megyn Kelly like your pastor was. But popularity is not going to get you anywhere in life. And it definitely ain't going to get you into eternity. He was a popular man. He was a prideful man. Then the Bible said, and he was rich. Oh, yeah. Now now you're getting down to the meat of the issue. We find out how good old Zacchaeus really was. This man had some money. He was a profitable man. Zacchaeus, everything he did, he turned a dime on it. We find out later that he did whatever it took just to fill his pocket and fill his bank account. I don't know who y'all are and some of you looking at me like I'm crazy and it's alright, but I'm here to tell you that the most wealthy people that I meet are some of the most miserable people and they they don't like God. They have no, no hope for God. Uh, we even had one of 
our uh, politicians who who is very rich said that he didn't see the need of of uh, and I ain't here to preach politics. I'm just I'm preaching out of the Bible. But he said I have no need of Jesus. I don't see that I need to be forgiven. I, I'm here to tell you that some of the most profitable people in this world have all the money and have all the riches, but they're still the most miserable. But you know what? I've sat in church and I've watched little saints of God, little grannies walk in with canes and and they will throw their hand up and got a dime to their name and got two nickels to rub together, but they still got a smile on their face because they realize that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I've seen some... You helping me this morning. I've seen some saints of God that they don't have a big bank account, but they got more joy than you could ever find at Walmart. I'm here to tell you, there's more to life than a nine to five job, and there's more to life than a big bank account. His name is Jesus. If I spit on y'all, I apologize. It's just the glory of God coming off. You can have the biggest bank account. You can be the most profitable. You can be the most popular. And you can be the most prideful. But if you don't have Jesus, you still have nothing. How can you say that, Brother Brent? In the next verse, he proves it. The Bible says, And he sought to see Jesus who he was. If you had everything that the world tells you you're supposed to have, then what makes you go after the lowly Nazarene? What makes you go after somebody who didn't even have a place to lay his head? If everything you can find in life and all there is to life is the joy of all that you possess, then tell me something. What takes a man who has everything and he gets up out of his office and he goes down the road and he looks for Jesus here in is. Here's the key to it all. There is nothing this world can fill your life with that can ever amount to all that God can put inside of you. I sure am thankful that it wasn't about a job. It wasn't about being unpopular. It wasn't about being prideful. It wasn't about looking good. But when I got on my face and I met a man named Jesus, He changed everything about my life. The Bible points out his status in life. But then the Bible goes and tells us about his search for the Lord. What takes a man who has everything and draws him to a place where he wants to find out who Jesus is? Because he woke up one day and he looked around at all that he had. He looked at a marriage that was breaking up. He looked at children he couldn't keep straight and right. He looked at a big house that seemed the more, the more they filled it with stuff, the emptier it felt. He probably had one of them white picket fences around his house and one of them yapping dogs in the yard. And there he sat and he looked at all that he had and realized he still had nothing. There's a blind man walking the street and he's more happy than I am. There's a man who was lame and now he's running down the street and he seems like he's got more than I do. What is that? His name's Jesus. You can have nothing to possess in this life, but if you possess Jesus, you have everything. He searched for the Lord. 
Bible said that when he went looking for God, he found a problem in his search for the Lord. I told you I was going to point out three things about his life. Number one was his status in life. And then number two is his search for the Lord. But he found an issue when he got down to where Jesus was passing by. Watch this. He came to where Jesus was passing by. Can I take a time out right here? If you ever want to find out where Jesus is, you need to get His itinerary. I like this church. I feel Him this morning. It seems like this is a place where Jesus passes by. Zacchaeus wasn't hanging out down at the mall. He wasn't going to the movie house. He decided when Jesus was passing by, he was going to find out where Jesus was. Bible said that when he got down to where Jesus was passing by, there was something that took place. It said he could not see him for the press. You know what that means? That means there's a bunch of people there and he could not see where Jesus was for the press. It means there's a bunch of people standing in his way. Can I tell you something? There are some people in life that will keep you from seeing God like you need to see him. Did you know that? There are people that the devil will put in your life. There are people that you and I put in our lives that if we allow them to, they will guard us from seeing God like we want to. I I got to tell you, mama can't help me and daddy can't help me like Jesus can help me. And I don't care where mama came from. I don't care where daddy came from. I don't care where sister came from. I have decided that I don't want nobody standing in my way of seeing God. The Bible said that when he got down to where Jesus was, he couldn't see him for the press because of all the people... And watch what the Bible says about him because he was little of stature. You know what happened? He realized he was too short to see Jesus. Wait a minute. Didn't we just say that old Zacchaeus was the chief? Didn't we say that when Zacchaeus was where he lived, he was the big top dog? Isn't it amazing how that when you're in your area and you're the biggest man in your circle... You look pretty big, but when you get down to where Jesus is passing by, you find out how small you really are. One preacher put it like this, in the light of God and in God's presence, big people get real small. Big people get real small. When he came to where Jesus was passing by, there was a shortcoming that was realized. He fell short. But you know how he feels, don't you? You know, if you ever met Jesus, you know how he feels. In fact, the Bible tells us a verse that says, All have what? Sinned. Oh, we've all missed the mark. How many is a part of all? Throw your hand up. Keep your hand up. If you're a part of all. You're a part of all. Everybody turn around and look at all the sinners in the house this morning. We have all sinned. High five right there. We have all sinned and come what? Oh, there you are, Zacchaeus. Because he was little of stature. All have sinned and come short. Man, I missed it. I'm not as big as I thought I was. 
if anybody should have got an audience with Jesus, it, it should have been somebody like me. But you know what? I, I find out that I'm not as big as I thought I was. Oh, that's a hard place for you to get to in life when you realize that you're not as good as you thought you were and you don't have life by the tail like you thought you did and you realize, you know what? I can't make it to Jesus. But you know what? That's what I like about Him. Because <laughs> when I miss the mark and I fall short, guess who makes up the difference? The Bible said that Zacchaeus, when a shortcoming was realized he climbed up in a tree and then here comes Jesus and Jesus stops at his tree I hope I got enough time to preach all this I'm getting fired up as I'm preaching (laughs) the Bible said that Jesus stopped where he was and he looks up in the tree and he says Zacchaeus Come down, for today I must abide at your house. Wait a minute. I thought it was Zacchaeus who was looking for Jesus. Is that not what the verse read? That Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus? But here Jesus is, stopping where Zacchaeus is, and He says, today I've got to abide at your house. What you don't understand, that in the verse 10 of this chapter, it's says that the Son of Man has come to... (laughs) He's come to seek and to save that which is lost. Do you know what that means? That means you've got Zacchaeus over here looking for Jesus. And he's trying to find Jesus. But he finds out he's too short and he missed the mark. But what he don't know is coming down the other end of the road. Here comes Jesus. And Zacchaeus is looking for Jesus. Jesus is looking for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is hunting for a Savior. And a Savior is hunting for a sinner. You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus is when it comes to my shortcoming. He reveals to me that He's been looking for me the whole time. Uh, that cough drop's about to choke me to death. <laughs> the Bible said that Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus at the same time Zacchaeus was looking. You know what I love about the Lord? You know why I act the way I do? You know why I get fired up like I do? Because I realize what I used to be is not what I am this morning. I realize the things I used to do is not what I do this morning. I realize that a hand that has taken part of a Budweiser this morning, that hand has taken a Bible. I realize that Jesus, when I found myself at the very bottom of where I was and I could not come to where He was, He came to where I was. When I could not get to Him and I was broken and humbled in myself, I realized that He was the one that makes the difference. The old rugged cross made the difference for me. And do you know where that sinner and that Savior met? They met at the foot of a tree. It was a good glad day 
when I climbed up in a tree and got caught up in a tree and at the foot of that tree I met a man who was looking for me and my life was changed from that day forward. Can I tell you what you'll find if you go hunting after God? May 2016 not repeat itself from 2015. Maybe the problems of 2015 stay in your past and stay buried. And may 2016 be the year that you just decide that I'm going looking for God. I'm not going to hunt for a better job. I'm not going to look for better people to hang out with. But I have decided that I'm going to seek God first. I've been trying to make this work and make that one work and this relationship back together. I've been trying to do it my But I have decided that this year is the year that I decide I'm going to go after God. And guess what the Bible said? God will begin to put the family back together. God will begin to reach the children that you can't reach. If you would just decide this year is the year that I seek God first before everything else, you will watch God seek you with His whole Oh, what a God we serve. And what an opportunity we have in 2016 to hunt for God. I'm done. I want you to listen to this though. The Bible said that when he sought to see Jesus, who he was, that Jesus came and called him out of the tree and he said, Today I must abide at thy house. And that last verse we read to you, it said, And he came down and received him. Joyfully. I have never been in a church service where I heard anybody stand up and say, You know what? I just regret the day I got saved. Never. I have never, I have been around church my whole life. I've been in services where nobody preached. The singing just got on like Donkey Kong. I like it like that. That's revival to me. Nobody said anything, but people just started popping up one right after another and testifying. I sure do thank God for the day that I got saved. I have never, the thousands of testimonies I've heard, I have never heard not one person ever allude to the fact that they regretted the day they got saved. Not even one person. So if that's true, then what are we waiting for? If you've never met anybody that regrets giving Jesus their whole life, then why wouldn't you go after Him now? We got churches that are full of museums. They're, they're antiquities of old time. But I'm here to tell you that God is doing something special right now in this day and age. And I don't worship Him for what He did back there. I worship Him for what He did this morning when I woke up. Our churches have become museums. They need to become hospitals where people who are sick can come in left and right. And people like Zacchaeus can get their life changed. And here's the reason. Jesus looked at him and said, Today I must abide at your house. And Zacchaeus came down and he said, Lord, if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I get it, I get it right with him. I'll restore it to him. You know what that tells me? That that cross is made up of two pieces. The biggest piece, Jesus 
did something with the uh, relationship between me and God when he reached up to heaven and grabbed God with one hand and he grabbed me with the other hand and he became my propitiation. He filled in that gap. But there's another piece on that cross. And it stretches from this side to this side. Because when you get right with God, you'll start wanting to get right with each other. It's not only getting right with God, but God will let you get right with each other. Can I tell you something? I'll be bold because I ain't going to be here tomorrow. (laughs) But we got a lot of people across the aisles at church. I just came from a church where this was happening. And this one's mad at that one and that one hates that one. And you sang my song and you took my position. And and you know what? There is no way that we can be right with God when we're out with each other. Because the cross is not complete. You must complete the process. He said... I give it back. If I've messed anybody up, if I've hurt somebody, I restore it back to him fourfold. You know what Jesus did? He looked at him and said, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That closes out Zacchaeus' life. And out of his life, God gives us a glimpse of what Calvary ought to be like. Not only getting right with God, but let me put it this way. If you want God to save your children, it might be good to start getting right with other people this way. If you want God to answer your prayer and revive your home, it's time to get the stuff out, get the junk out, and seek God with your whole heart. I wonder how many daddies this morning would get in the altar with your wives and maybe your children. I wonder how many young people would get up and get in this altar this morning and say, you know what? I'm absolutely dedicating my life that from this day forward with all that is in me, I may mess up a month from now, but I'm not talking about a month from now. I'm talking about right now. I want to go after God with my whole heart. I wonder how many relationships could be mended back together again in our families if we would start not only getting right with God and telling God we're sorry, but looking at each other and saying we're sorry. I wonder how many of us would do that this morning. Is there anybody in here, sis, just start playing something on that piano. She's the pianist, right? Y'all, y'all play something on the piano. And I wonder how many of you just join me in this altar this morning and say, you know what? I want to see God like I've never seen Him before. And I want God, just start playing something. I want God to send revival where I'm at. And I know it don't start with my dad, and I know it don't start with the pastor. Revival for me starts with me. I wonder how many fathers would grab your wives and your children and just get around this altar and say, As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Zacchaeus' life changed that day. We don't know what took place after that. But God's not just in the saving individuals God wants to save a whole household and you know what that starts with me it starts with who I am our heavenly father I ask you in Jesus name that those of us gathered around this altar with our whole hearts God would seek after you What a testimony 
of a house that rings with aggravation and hollering at each other such frustration broken down walls and barriers around us what would it be like to have Jesus walk through the halls of a house that's been destroyed by hell been hassled by demons what would it be like to hear Jesus walk down the halls and say this day is salvation come to this house. God, not only save our daddies, God, don't only save our mamas, God, save our houses and our homes. One of the greatest attacks, Lord, that I see today is on the home. God, may these homes in here this morning, here, this day is salvation come to this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You stay at the altar as long as you need to. Preacher, I'm done. Stand to your feet. I don't know.